This episode is brought to you by SalesCred, the definitive book on sales credibility by our co-host, Celie Smith. Sales credibility is the quality all salespeople must have in abundance before they can ever hope to earn trust and become a trusted advisor. And SalesCred reveals how salespeople build and lose credibility with the things you say and do every day. Pick up a copy October 8, 2020 at Amazon.com or other fine online business booksellers. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Revenue operations, everyone. Revenue operations. What is it? And why does our guest today say that uh, people who ignore it are not going to do as well in this pandemic. He said that on his YouTube channel. What do you think, Lee? Well, I'm a big fan of it because we did that here at Sales Fuel. It's like we brought the sales team, we brought training and onboarding and client retention, and we brought marketing all under, under one umbrella, and, and all of you guys report to me. And so, you know, we formed our own little RevOps team, if you will, and, but it, it, and it's that important because it reports to me. So that, that's how strongly I believe in it. It's worked really well. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. That's what we're going to talk about today. I'm Audrey Strong, Vice President of Communications here at Sales Fuel. And I'm Celie Smith, the President and CEO of the aforementioned Sales Fuel. <laughs> Jason Reichel is our guest. He co-founded Go Nimbly, the first revenue operations consultancy with a goal of allowing high growth companies to increase the revenue of each of their customers by 26% through eliminating operational silos. It's all about efficiencies, folks. Since 2013, Go Nimbly has transformed the most innovative SaaS and past businesses from the inside, exponentially improving the way they are able to deliver the go-to-market experience the customers demand. So, Jason, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, that little blurb when read out loud is insane. Yeah, no, it's great. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, but you did say on your YouTube channel that companies that focus on operations in the pandemic are the ones that will not only survive and thrive. Do you want to start there about what sure. we're dealing with now in real time? What do you, can you expand on that? Absolutely. So um, we invented this um, levels of operations in a business uh, as a simple way of sort of illustrating this. So there are three levels of operations. And when we talk about operations, we're talking about just revenue operations, which means sales, marketing, customer success, that side of a business. We call that the revenue team part of your business. Um, and we found that the, the three levels of operations of, of maturity on that side of the business goes like this. It goes intuition-based, and we work with a lot of technology companies. So intuition-based operations is a sales rep walks into a room, talks to a Salesforce admin, says, hey, something's wrong on, uh, on the page layouts. Uh, it's hard for me to use the tool. A Salesforce admin goes, I can see that, and they fix it. That's intuition-based operations. It's basically someone walks in, says something, someone agrees, they fix a problem. Very, very common in the way that startups work, uh, Series A and B companies work. And then you get to a place which we call experiential operations, which is you hire someone from the outside. This person used to work at LinkedIn. They ran the uh, sales operations team for LinkedIn. They know what they're talking about. They come in and say, we need to restructure the sales team. You listen to them because they have the experience. It's called experiential operations. That's usually, and most of the customers we work with, and I've worked with a wide variety of other industries and businesses, that's usually where operations in this area kind of stops. So you're kind of as good as the experience of the people that you hire. 
There's a third level, which revenue operations kind of opens up to you, which is called customer-based operations, where you're looking at the gaps your customers are experiencing as they're going through a buying experience with you, and you start to fill those in. And what happens when you do that is, yes, you do rely on the experience of the team. Yes, sometimes it's even the same intuition-based work that someone might have found on their own, but you actually improve and increase your revenue because you're closing gaps the customers felt in the buying process that ultimately move them away from uh, spending more with you. And what we found is 100% of the customers, and this is through our research, and we're about to release some work with HubSpot and some other organizations, some data work, is that 100% of the customers that buy from you, bought from you, which is, sounds like an idiotic thing to say, but that's a true thing. So the question becomes not why, how, why did you buy from us? It becomes, why didn't you buy more or expand faster? And the reality of that is that you did things during the buy experience that eroded trust with your customer. And that's what revenue operations is all about, finding and closing those gaps so customers spend the most amount of money or expand the fastest from the very beginning of the cycle. And, and another big question is like, will you buy from us again? Correct. Well, yeah, will you continue to buy from us and upsell and cross-sell and, and really become part of our, you know, our our product experience that we're trying to give to customers. My background is in product management. I, I ran product teams for years here in Silicon Valley. And so I really thought what, it, what would happen if we applied a lot of product methodologies to operations. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was sort of the, the hypothesis of go nimbly. And at the time we didn't use the term revenue operations because we are the emerging kind of people in this, we called it the unified business stack. Mm. Um, and then over time we've kind of adopted. RevOps is way better, way better. RevOps is, <laughs> just rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, the other, so and the other one will be then too, is like, you know, did you get what, you know, you, what you came for? Did we produce a positive business outcome to the extent where you would recommend us to somebody else? Correct. And then, so the question is, why do I think believe that this is more important than the pandemic than ever? Well, net new sales and technology space mean that the customer's brand new to you are down to about 20% of what they were last year. Whereas upsells are up to about a hundred upsells and cross sells are about 140 to 180%. So companies are only growing right now based on their existing customer relationships and their ability to actually create great buying experience. Because if you're only closing, you know, two out of 10 deals at 20%, that's what you're used to, then you need to make sure you maximize that revenue off those two deals you do close. Um, and so you can't just kind of hammer them the same way that most technology companies do, which is an SDR that a marketing person doesn't, uh, you know, uh, intelligence and maybe some Intel and like tries to give the customer what they think they want as a persona. Uh, and then an SDR reaches out and hounds them. And then a, someone does a demo and then they get in. And then by that point, the person's already had so much trust eroded that they're not going to maximize their spend with you. So that's why in this pandemic, I think it's absolutely critical for revenue operations to take hold. You know, another reason why I, I think is that, you know, uh, during the pandemic, uh, risk reduction becomes huge. People do not, you know, people are, are you know, the microscope is on everybody, not as much money going around, got to spend what you can, you know, the best way you can. You certainly can't make a mistake. And so they have a tendency to want to stick with what they know, which are their existing vendors and buy more from them than it would be to take a risk on going outside of their current uh, vendor pool, you know, to, to, to uh, take a chance on somebody else. What's your take on that? Oh, I think, I mean, that's absolutely true. I think, you know, good product and good, good buying experience will win and people will still buy your product. And, and but 
I have this theory that customers shouldn't have to use political capital to buy your product. Right. And yeah. you should be providing such an excellent experience that ultimately you're doing the political work for them because it is a, it is a scary thing to buy. And especially in the world I exist in, which we work mostly work with B2B enterprise companies like, you know, Zendesk and Salesforce and mm-hmm. Twilio's of the world where it, people are spending a lot of money on these B2B products. That's someone's career. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that we've done a good job in the, in the technology industry actually realizing the severity of which people purchase our products and they trust us. I don't think that we've done that. With, I don't think we've treated people with the respect they deserve. That's a totally separate idea and concept I have, but I feel like a lot of industries are so focused on the internal workings of their own industry. They forget who they all actually work for. And the revenue team works for the customer mm-hmm. with the clear goal of increasing revenue. There's no such thing as the marketing team doesn't generate leads. The, the sales team or the customer success team doesn't close tickets and worry only about customer sat level. They are all part of that experience to increase the revenue by delivering a flawless experience to the customer, right? And as soon as you unify them all under that North Star, what happens is the silos in those teams immediately start to erode because the silos are there because those teams feel protective of their own part of the universe, right? And so if you're talking about managing people and if you're talking about sort of how do I actually, you know, if a, if a customer brings us in and says, we have a marketing and sales alignment issue, I go, no, you have a customer issue because those team, two teams are not, are, are not working together because it's not clear to them on how to service their customer together. Interesting. So if I haven't changed anything in this pandemic with my company, what are your recommendations for the silos operationally I should look to eliminate given the current conditions? Sure. So in the revenue team, there are two sides of it. There is what I call the go-to-market team, sales, marketing, customer success. Think of these people as the actors who kiss the babies, right? Um, I like to mix those two, the politicians (laughs) and the actors things together so that people get a double metaphor. Um, Think about them as the frontline people who are actually out there with the customer, right? And have have one-to-one or one-to-many experience with customers. In the case of marketing, they're sending out emails to customers, right? They are the face of. Then you have the behind the scenes people who I call the revenue operators. Those are the people to do the same analogy or metaphor. Those are the people, you know, uh, they're the boom mic operators. They're the directors of the movie. And those are the people who are the revenue operators, in my opinion. Those two yin and yang parts of a business come together to make your revenue chain. Again, with this goal of increasing revenue. Um, So what are my recommendations for people in the pandemic? Well, one is on the revenue operation side, you need to be hiring and training for generalism, not specialty. Specialty is one of the key reasons that silos get created in, in organizations. It's typically why most CEOs of uh, startups or I mean, of tech companies go, man, when we were a startup, we all wore different hats. It was so great. It was chaotic, but it was so awesome. And everybody did all this great work. And now I'm kind of bored and we have all this money, but everyone has these individual things. They never think about, well, why is that? Well, it's as they got money and they tried to be a better business, they end up going the route of specialty after specialty after specialty after specialty, which kind of locks you into solutioning, especially in the realm of operations and and really focusing on your customers. So on the side of your revenue operations team, make sure that you're hiring people that aren't not sales ops people or marketing ops people. They need to be revenue operators. They need to be able to handle anything that comes across the table as a problem to solve. And they need not to have these preconceived ideas of, well, I solved that with a Salesforce problem because I'm a Salesforce admin, right? Which 
is, you know, a real issue. When you're a hammer, every, every problem looks like a nail. Correct. And people <laughs> don't get that. And, um, you know, this is not a new problem. Phil Eisner, uh, Phil Inzer, sorry, Inzer from Goodyear Tires is the one that came up with the silo syndrome in, in the 80s. And, you know, it was a completely different industry. It was an industry of why do all these different, you know, shops around the country, Goodyear Tire shops, why don't they operate the same? Why are they not actually taking the help from corporate to be better organizations? It's because they were incentivized to be their own silos and protect themselves. Um, and he went his rest of his career trying to figure out this problem. And it wasn't until, you know, in the last couple of years, I think technology has really allowed us to move into a new realm of where we're talking about today on this call, right? Um, I do believe that revenue operations is the same thing as when we went from manufacturing to lean manufacturing or went from waterfall to agile development. It is a transformational uh, business uh, moment in time. The organizations who, you know, I'm talking to companies like you know, Coca-Cola is interested in this and Dell's interested in this and NASDAQ. It's not just in the technology space. The reason we chose to focus on technology was in one company's history as a technology company. They're actually like 15 different companies because they have, they have such audacious goals, right? Um, so you get a lot of experiences by having one customer, like working with Twilio for six years is very different than working with Coca-Cola for six years. No. Yeah. I can only imagine. Um, so what, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, so what you're saying is if you're in this pandemic and you have the ability to hire because you're actually expanding, you need to look for people that are, have expertise in many different disciplines related to the track that you're hiring them for. The Correct? easiest thing to do, let's, first, let's pretend you're not be hiring. Let's pretend you have a team right now and, you, and you're lucky enough to be able to maintain that same team. What you need to do is you need to stop. Like the most common way to create generalism is to respect, especially in the way that we typically have hired people, which is based on specialty. Respect specialty. So respect that these people have skills, but then don't be uh, beholden to them. So a good way of doing this, a really tactical way of doing this is if you have a Salesforce person or you have a sales ops person, let them be the solution engineer for all sales ops work get one of your other operators that you have to do the actual grunt work so that they're learning the tool set and they're learn and they're expanding their own career. Right. So utilize the expert as sort of the coach and then have someone who doesn't know the tool do the work. And some people will go, well, that will take longer. It might take eight hours to one day longer than the, 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 the coach doing the work. But what you're gaining is you're, you know, you're becoming a Swiss army of an operations team. And, and that is a very tactical way over a three month period to take your specialized team and turn them more into a generalist team. One of the things I really like about this setup and what, how it's been useful for us is uh, customer insights. When you combine everybody that, that is facing the customer and gets feedback from the customers and everything like that, and then we all together go into the same channel in Microsoft Teams, you can do it in Slack or anything like that, and we all share those experiences. So every demo that we do, you know, every customer, uh, uh, ticket that, that comes in or anything like that, you know, that, that, that's unusual, that gets shared. And that, then all everybody on that team, sales, marketing, client success, all have a greater understanding of what the customer is looking for. We even bring IT into that so that as they're developing new products and everything like that, they're also hearing what the customer has to say. Uh, what do you believe is uh, the impact uh, of RevOps on customer insights? Wow, I mean, you nailed it. The, 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 well, here's the number one thing is the team starts to give a shit about the customer. Like you just, 
you just illustrated the point of why silos don't benefit the customer. Did that experience for the customer exist before you unified those teams and told them that this is what they should care about? This is what their North Star is. The answer is no, they didn't actually exist. And I don't think that we have bad operators or bad go-to-market team members as how you've unified your go-to-market team in the example that you just gave. Um, I don't think that we have bad people. The people want to do their job well, but when the job gets hard to do, then we, we look for justifications. We look for things like the marketing team going, well, I, handled, I handed off this many um, MQLs this month, so it's not my fault the sales team didn't hit their quota. Um, and, and we, as leaders of our organizations, have actually reinforced this narrow-minded thinking, right? It's not the people. The people want to do a good job. The people who are marketers want to sell to customers and sell products to customers that are meaningful. The salespeople want to help customers. You know, this adage that salespeople don't care about their customers is just complete garbage, right? Like, right. Salespeople really care about delivering value because they know that's a relationship that they put their name on. Um, and, and it was hard before. That, I mean, that's the thing I, I, that I keep going to is the, the world that I exist in, the world, the world in which we coach, our, the companies we work with, is an easier, more human world to be part of, which is we care about our customers' experience. We care about how they buy things. And thus, we start to communicate at that same level, just like you gave in that example of how you guys are all swarming. And there's something magical about a team of any size swarming around a problem together. Uh, suddenly, everyone is you know, using talents that you didn't know they had. You have a uh, marketer who you know, is really good at conversational marketing and gets on the chat bot, uh, gets on your drip bot and talks to the customer and it meets them where they want to where they want to buy and suddenly you you know you increased your velocity of sale by two days that's a big deal now if you do that at scale with operations team behind that that can mean you know several conversion points over the course of a year that can equate to in companies we work with hundreds of thousands of dollars if not millions of dollars that's certainly a big deal i mean that's uh i mean that, that those are big numbers and and that's not unrealistic i mean we we've seen the same kind of things here other people that we've worked with see, see the same things there and it really becomes about then the salesperson's credibility as as well because if the salesperson is able then to actually deliver on what they promised because that they have they have customer success doing the onboarding doing the training uh, the operations side of the company is, is getting the billing out you know in, in an efficient manner and you know the product is being delivered exactly as they they said that it would it really just it, it improves the stature of the salesperson certainly makes the next sale so much easier yeah well, i mean you know what is that there's like a saying that in sales enablement the number one reason that a sales rep doesn't sell is because they lose faith in in their ability to deliver their own product right mm -hmm. um and so you know i find that revops method as a unifying within an organization strengthens everyone's opinion of that internally of the product they actually work on of the product they actually sell um because they see firsthand the experience they're giving to their customer it just makes everything personal we believe at go nimbly we are moving into we're not in the age of an informed customer anymore it looks like we're in the age of a personalized buying experience, meaning mm -hmm. that a customer will come to your website and the, or interact with your team and they know they want to buy your product. It's almost like this game of when you walk into a, like you walk into Best Buy and you're circling the TVs and like, it's obvious you're going to buy a TV and someone goes, how can I help you? And you're like, Oh no, no, I don't need any help right now. <laughs> like you are looking for that experience that is totally catered to you. Like, you know, there's this study where as if someone comes up to Best Buy and goes, 
what TV are you looking for? It's so much more specific and real for the person that the person will open up and go, well, I'm looking for a TV that does this. I'm looking for a TV that does that because it's more personalized to what they're actually doing. Right. And, And so that experience is what we're trying to give in a different kind of way through B2B sales for us. Uh, B2B buying experience for us, but, but it's very similar. And B2C have cracked this a long time ago. If you go to Instagram, every ad is catered to you. Yeah, that's right. um, but B2B is just catching up on it, which is insane because people, again, put their careers on the line to buy a B2B product. Very true. Well, the website, everybody, go nimbly.com, Twitter, go nimbly. I like your LinkedIn. Better Jason, everyone. <laughs> put Correct. That in. You, you can always be better. <laughs> and go nimbly on Facebook as well. This has been very interesting. Great recommendations. We appreciate it. And I'm, I'm really glad you came on and gave us some of your time, Jason. That's great, Audrey. One thing that I'd like to do a shout out on is um, I uh, just like to try to be useful. This was not to pitch go nimbly. Obviously, if someone needs help, reach out, read our blog, learn how to be a revenue operations team. But if you have questions about how to transform your organization, I like to give my phone number. Just text me. I'm happy to have a conversation with you about it. And my phone number is 415. 415- six six nine zero five four six so text me we can have a conversation i love helping people this is something that i actually believe is going to transform businesses and i'm excited for you if you are interested in putting it to work in yours and jason i'll throw out an endorsement for you as well you've got an ebook on your website which i absolutely love the 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 layout of it is great and, and it's easy to consume and it's easy to understand and there's some good stuff in there uh, the guide to RevOps by role. I, I think that if you want to know more about that, you know, getting that 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 ebook is uh, absolutely the first place you should start. Thank you, guys. No problem. We'll get download it and blow up his phone. There you go. Please blow up my <laughs> Thanks, phone. No pictures yet. No pictures. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.